We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. It is 821, and as we move into the new year on this first Monday of 2023, we're taking a look back at some of the great stories we covered in 2022, including Debbie Monterey's visit to a very unique museum. When I learned a few months ago that there was a telephone museum, I knew I had to visit. The Jefferson Barracks Telephone Museum next to the Civil War Museum is in an 1896 building on the National Register of Historic Places. My tour guide is the museum's very enthusiastic assistant director, Ken Shaper. I worked for, uh, I started with Southwestern Bell Telephone in 1978 and I worked uh, in information technology or information services. So do you love phones? Uh, yes, absolutely. Whose idea was the Telephone Museum? Uh, the Telephone Pioneers of America, the local Durant Life Member Council of the Pioneers. We signed a lease in December 2002. We started working on it in April 2003, and we uh, opened it on May 4th, 2016. So it took us 13 years, 66,500 hours. I brought my son with me, and soon the tour began focusing on him. At 13, Beck has never known anything but the iPhone and doesn't even remember having a landline in the house. Beck, you ever made a rotary dial phone call? No. So how about picking up that phone right there? Okay, you're gonna call this number over here, so put your put your, your finger and go all the way over here and then let it go. Oh, no, just, uh, just your finger in that hole and then go turn it all the way around. There we go. There you go, there's your four. It should ring, but it's not going to. So you can answer it, Debbie, if you want. And then uh, talk to Hi, Beth. All of that is to call someone? Yes, all that just to call someone. I began to delight in showing him weird things like a directory. So here's your, here's your Yellow Pages stuff. These are trinkets we would give to our customers. Do you know what the Yellow Pages are? No, you've probably never even seen one. So you know how you how you can just Google any business you want? Yeah, yeah in fact, you, that's exactly what replaced this. Yeah, that was the phone book. There's the, here's a phone book right here. The white pages were usually for people, and then the yellow pages were businesses, and you just have to look it up. So if you want a florist, you want a plumber, you want an electrician, you want pizza, whatever. You look up the number? You'd look up, like, yep. the category pizza, and then it have all the pizza places. Yeah, lumber, insurance, furnaces. So that booklet right there was passed out at the 1904 World's Fern Forest Park. That's what, that was our list of our telephone customers that we had uh, back in uh, 1904. Oh, so that was a phone book? Yeah. It's so tiny. Yeah, yeah, and it, but, but it stretches 54 feet long, though. Oh, my gosh. Basically, we did the math. We had 7,200 residential customers paying $3 a month rent for a direct line, $2 a month rent for a two-party line. A lot of money in 1904. Right. So, so it's not a very convenient phone book. 
if you have to stretch it out. Yeah, right, exactly, exactly. Here, uh, look at this, this is 1880, so this is four years after Alexander Graham Bell got the patent. And if you go about halfway up, you'll see Anheuser-Busch Brewing Association, I'm sure you've heard of them. <laughs> Um, 8th and Pestalozzi Street, but they did not have a telephone number back in uh, 1880. They were in the directory thinking at some point they'll probably sell enough beer and get in there, but they did not have a telephone number in 1880 when that directory came out. Have you seen these kind of phones in movies? Yeah. yeah. Stick phones or candlestick phones? Yeah, so like these from are, It's a Wonderful Life. Some uh, of them look very new still. Yeah, well, that's 1905 right there. Wow. Uh, they, people just, uh, the donors, I mean, 90% of this stuff came from generous donors. They, they took care of their stuff. Antiques Roadshow was here in St. Louis five years ago this month, July of 17. They came downtown and did a uh, three one-hour St. Louis shows. We were on the first 30 seconds of the hour two show. You ever been in a payphone booth, Beck? Ken brings out the guts of a three-coin slot payphone designed in 1909 but used through the 70s. So on a long-distance call, the operator would say, I need for you to deposit uh, $1.60 for the first three minutes. So if you want to take a quarter here for me and then drop that in here. Pretty distinct, right? Mm -hmm. Now let's see what happens when you put the dime here in the center. This is really distinct. Pretty distinct. Single ding. Uh, the operator actually comes back on after about three minutes and said, uh, your call's gonna end in 30 seconds, so you need to deposit money immediately. That quarter off of this thing here, dime off of this, ding, ding, and then a nickel off the bottom of this, ding. And why was that? So the so she could hear how much money oh, you put in. Oh, so the operator hears it, okay. Yeah, the operator. Uh, this is a gossip bench. This would have been in a, in a hallway of a house. Here in St. Louis, it was made by a St. Louis company back in the 60s. So you could baby basically sit down in the hallway of your house and uh, gossip all day long. Yeah, so you couldn't uh, take your phone anywhere. You had to, like, <laughs> sit. But you'd have a wall phone like this, and it'd have a super long cord. So you'd, like, take the phone and try and stretch it as far away from your mom oh, as you Oh, and could. a lot of people could go into the bathroom with it. <laughs> so they had, like, a 25-foot cord on it. Every little girl wanted to have one of those phones, that, like, that, that yellow phone there. Right. Were those called princess phones? Correct. It's the most popular phone they ever sold. That's a new display. We just did this in mid-March, the cell phones. Oh, Beck, this was, like, one of the first cell phones. It came, it, look how huge it is. And it Here. came in a bag. Yeah. Oh, and this one, I had one of those in my, one of my first radio station jobs. These are military phones right here. Sorry. This is called the holler. This would have been an engine room. Can you imagine how noisy an engine room would be on a Navy ship? So how about coming up here back and cranking on that thing? Crank on it hard. I absolutely love to see young people like Beck in here and that because I really do because uh, they're, they're really hooked into their, their smartphones. But we're just trying to kind of just show them what it took actually to get there. And it took 146 years of, you know, blood and sweat there to get there. And thanks to the men and women who uh, worked at the phone companies over the years. That's Ken Shaper at the Jefferson Barracks Telephone Museum. I'm Debbie Monterey, KMOX News. And Debbie, that is so fun because I was, as I was listening to that, I was remembering things that uh -huh. I had forgotten. For example, about having a phone in one location in your house. I remember my grandma's house in Monticello, Illinois. She lived in an old home and it had like a an entryway, a vestibule. And I remember she had a... a a chair out there, one of the kind of a special conversation mm -hmm. seat where she had her phone. Right. You'd have to run out there to the front of the house if you wanted to answer the phone. It was really fun to take my son there because he didn't want to go, but he ended up, I made him come with me. <laughs> and then he ended up really, he was really interested because the look on his face at half of the things we were telling him was just incredulous. What? Yeah. No. 
huh? You know, telling him, yeah, you had to take the phone and stretch it as far as it could go mm-hmm. to have any privacy. You could take the phone to your room. It was just, it was really interesting. And so. those first cell phones, my father-in-law had one <laughs> and it was literally like in a bag right. he had to carry out to the car. Yeah. The one that I was showing back, uh, it was, you remember those big, huge ones that mm-hmm. had the antenna on it? And I remember, you know, 1991 or something thinking I was so cool driving around. I had to call, who do I know? Who can I call? I'm on a cell phone. <laughs> it could have killed somebody with that thing. It was so huge. Anyway, uh, visit the Telephone Museum if you get a chance. It's in Jefferson Barracks next to the Civil War Museum. It's men's Billikens basketball Wednesday night as they take on UMass. Catch the action here. Pre-game 617. Tip at 630. On your home for Billikens basketball. KMOX. Just did some breathing exercises in the studio, because believe it or not, we have some nervous soldiers, sailors. The USS St. Louis is one of the newest ships in the United States Navy, a Freedom-class combat ship. It is 380 feet long in length nearly and can move along at speeds of up to 52 miles an hour and be out to sea for nearly three weeks. The St. Louis, the uh, USS St. Louis is and was commissioned in August of 2020. It is the seventh such ship bearing the name. So joining us in studio, they will introduce themselves starting with... Good morning, I'm Senior Chief Brian Ashley. And you are? I am Operations Specialist Second Class Penny Hilson. Okay, and? And I am a MN1 Christine Curtis. And what does MM1 mean? Um, that is a mineman. Got it. And so why are we here in St. Louis? Uh, so we came to St. Louis, uh, one, to view the city, and then, you know, two, to uh, kind of bring back to the city, you know, letting them know that USS St. Louis is here and that we're, uh, we're here to support you all in, you know, completing the mission. Is it good to be home? It's actually really good to be home. You are local? Yes. Uh, yes. Where are you from? Uh, Bell Fountain. Bell Fountain. Got yes. it. Uh, this version of St. Louis, what uh, we just went through, Carol did some of the particulars, but describe it and uh, how is this one better than the last one? Uh, well, I wouldn't say it's, it's better. It's definitely a, a different mind frame when it comes to uh, the Navy as a whole. Uh, this ship uh, is originally supposed to have the ability to change uh, what it does, essentially. So uh, you have, like, uh, anti-submarine warfare, you have mine warfare, uh, and depending on the mission, the ship is able to adapt to whatever that mission is. Uh, our primary mission is uh, mine warfare, uh, hence why we have mine men on, on board the crew. Um, but, yeah, it's just able to adapt to whatever the mission is and really give the Navy the, Navy the ability to... Uh, transform and perform different things. Just to give a sense of who's in the studio, you hear their voices, but you don't mm-hmm. necessarily know their ages. To me, uh, the women who are with us, you look rather young. How long? <laughs> You're saying, well, thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me your enlistment story. I, I I love those. Okay. So I graduated college in 2011. Um, I was accepted into uh, the University of South Florida. So I went to school for a few years. Um, with my intentions of either enrolling into their doctorate in pharmacology program or physical therapy. Unfortunately, my father had a lot of medical issues 
and he was like in and out of the VA down there. And um, personally, I prioritize my father. I would rather spend whatever time I could have with him versus going to class. So after a while, I'm like, okay, I'm paying for classes, but I'm not going. What can I do? Who's going to who's going to afford my education? Who's going to make it so that I can be successful later in life? And I looked into the Navy and like, I think. Two months after I looked into the Navy, I was on my way to MEPS, the processing station, and I was sworn in. That is Penny Hilson, who's Junior Sailor of the Year, and Christine Curtis, Senior Sailor of the Year. What are your roles, the three of you, on the ship? So my role, even though I am a MIMAN, I'm actually the ship secretary. So I do all the administrative stuff. But what's unique about LCS is because it's such a small platform, we kind of make this joke about MIMAN being a jack-of-all-trades. So we do all these different jobs that may not, like, you may not traditionally do if you're on like a bigger ship. So I do a lot with Intel. I do a lot with medical. I do a lot with like the navigation stuff. And then my primary job is a ship secretary. So it's really, it's really an interesting experience because you get to try all these different things that you would never get to try before. I have to tell you, a hundred years ago, I was on a panel and there was a general's wife who was a part of the panel. We were talking about women serving in the front lines and she felt that women, she said that uh, because women have a monthly cycle, they are too emotional and they should not really be in the service. And I thought, you're a general's wife. Uh, (laughs) But that was a long time ago. I promise you that was about 35 years ago, that conversation. Here are women serving in all roles. What is it like? I absolutely love it. Um... I know that I have met some sailors before who are like, oh, I would prefer to be on an all-male ship. They had uh, previously come from all-male ships. My husband, he was on a submarine. He doesn't have that view, but he was also on an all-male ship. But for the most part, I've had nothing but positive feedback of like having me on a ship. So I feel like it's whatever someone makes of it at the time. And hopefully you just have amazing sailors, either male or female, and then you won't really worry about gender. Mm -hmm. So what uh, what's unique about Mindman is there's really not a bunch of females, and we didn't really have any opportunities to go to ships before. So besides LCS, our primary platform was Minesweepers after they decommissioned some of the older ships. So when I joined the Navy, I remember I was in a class, and I met an M&2. I was just, you know, I was still a seaman. And I was like, oh, what's a Minesweeper like? And he's like, well, you're never going to know that because female don't go to Minesweepers. And so I was like, well, I guess I'm just never going to go to a ship my whole career. So it was very much like question marks, like what am I going to be doing in the Navy? And then I think it was 2017, there's eight minesweepers in the fleet right now. They opened up two to females. So that was a really awesome experience because that's where I really learned how to be a mineman. And now we have LCSs. So I just appreciate having the opportunity. Like we've really embraced like the equal, equal opportunity like culture. And I feel like, you know, we're all sailors, male, female, gender, race, regardless. So it's really awesome. We all have the same opportunities. All now. serving. Did you see the commander's belt buckle? I did St. not. St. Louis flag. Oh, nice. How cool is that? I, I, that's a, I was too busy looking at all of his, uh, what would I call that, sir? Ribbons. Ribbons, ribbons all of his ribbons. So he has one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is that nine rows? Something like that. <laughs> uh, just in the final moment, Senior Chief Ryan Ashley, what does it mean to have a ship named for a city? Uh, it's, a, it's definitely a big deal, right? It, it shows that uh, the Navy really appreciates the U.S. and everyone in it, and that uh, we want to give back to what each city has done for all of us. Um, So it's definitely big. I know for me, it was actually quite funny. I didn't know the name of the ship until I got to the ship. Uh, So I walk on board, and I see it's USS St. Louis, and I'm like, oh, wow. And I immediately call my wife like, hey, uh, guess what? Uh, So it was was definitely 
Uh, it gives a, a feeling of pride to the city, but also to the sailors that work on board of it. So it shows that we're representing this city and we're trying to uh, show that we are the, the leaders and we can do the mission and actually do the things we need. My uncle was in the Navy. My father was in the Army. And uh, as the daughter uh, of a veteran, uh, the, the wife and the sister, the niece uh, of veterans, um, I want to thank you for your service. I will get emotional because I grew up on Fort Leonard Wood, Missouri. I was born there. And it is so meaningful to me to see young people. And because you're young to me, <laughs> I don't know how old you are, but you're young to me uh, to see young people um, serve this great nation and to serve proudly. Um, and you look beautiful in your uniforms. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank, thank you so much for thank coming you. into the studio today. And thank, thank you for your service. Total Information AM on the voice of St. Louis, KMOX. It is 8.46. Thanks for tuning in to Total Information AM. Pitchers and catchers report to spring training in a month and a half. Our own Stuart McMillan takes a look at some of St. Louis's other pastimes. America's constant through the years has been baseball. And all the while, St. Louis has been a breeding ground for other amateur sports similar to the game. The big ones are corkball, fuzzball, Indian ball, and even bottle caps. I'm Stuart McMillan with St. Louis's Other Pastimes, an obsession that blossomed a bat and ball underworld. We begin with cork ball. Oh, that's good. A game with a tiny white leather ball with red stitching, a wooden bat, a pitcher, a catcher, and outfielders. The ball is a third of the size of a Major League Baseball, so it can be hard to hit. There you go. Good hit. Batters get two strikes, five balls, and just have to push the ball more than 10 feet in front of home plate to get a hit. No fences, no bases, which means no base running. The catcher calls balls and strikes, and once in a blue moon, arguments break out. Most importantly, corkball is a St. Louis-made game. It started somewhere in the late 1800s and is said to have been shown off at the 1904 World's Fair, four years before this song was written and sung, on a Thomas Edison wax cylinder. Would you say that the uh, the game of cork ball is as St. Louis as the arch? Absolutely. Gerald Brown is the president of Sportsman's Cork Ball Club, one of the four clubs still around today in St. Louis, and explains why this city is such a bat and ball town. I, I think it starts with Anheuser-Busch, you know. I, again, that's where cork ball originated at. They played like in the alleyways with the corks at the end, and they would throw it. That's the story I've been told. Again, I'm not that old to, to know this, but uh, supposedly that's how it all started. And then they started taping up the cork, and then they started throwing it down there in the brewery, and I think it's just a matter of uh, St. Louis Cardinals. Corkballer Pepe Greco isn't that old either, but has the stories handed down to him by his dad and uncles following World War II. After the war, when they came back, um, it was a game that men could go to the bar and play. And once it caught, caught, once it caught on, the bars would uh, build cages, corkball cages, and would have their team. And they would play another, maybe another bar. And they would travel around the city and, and play in this league. During this day and age, Sportsman's Corkball Club plays at Jefferson Barracks with four backstops on a wide field. The games are seven innings long and only four games are played a week. Sportsman's started in 1956. However, the oldest club in St. Louis is still going strong. 
Gateway Courtball Club, established 1929. Is there kind of like a rivalry between the different clubs? Absolutely. So I think everybody's friendly until you play each other. But there's four existing clubs. One is struggling, barely hanging on, but there's three that are continually going. We have They have enough teams to, to make it happen. Do you guys like play a World Series or something against each other? Uh, years ago, we used to play a tournament. So it was like the World you know, Tournament. It was like the first weekend in August. It would be a two-day tournament. This is back like in the 80s. It was, you know, 20-something teams. And it's kind of dwindled off. This year, we're bringing back that tournament. It's going to be the first weekend of October. Pepe explains how corkball has changed over the years. So this guy just poked it. How far do you think he just hit that? There, from the home plate to there's like some... To the single line, I would guess it's 50 yards. The triple, uh, the double line is probably another 25 yards. And then let's just say the home run, the orange sticks out there, would be 100 yards. The rule in, in corkball, and, and once you moved outside, there, there became doubles and triples and home runs. When you played in a cage, all it was is singles. Is singles. Yeah, that makes sense. Another thing that's evolved in, in, in this game is, is hit by pitches. Back in the day, you could get hit five times. It's just a ball. And it's just a ball. Um, so you There's imagine, something pure about that, though. Yeah, you got to have some uh, pretty big cojones to sit in there <laughs> when guys are throwing 80, 85 miles an hour. And they have no problem throwing pitches similar to those in the big leagues. I can attest to that. Recently, I got the chance to take a few swings myself before the evening's games took place at Jefferson Barracks. Hurler Mike Rainbolt climbed the mound 56 and a half feet from home and said he'd take it easy on me. Man, that scoots. It's very deceptive. <laughs> this guy whips it in here pretty good. This is There you go. Oh, Nelly. Peace. You're high. Yep, that's me, getting a hit. The ball felt good coming off the thin-barreled wooden bat. The bat I was using was spun with a lathe by hand by a former corkballer that used to play there. I felt like one of those old-time baseball players like Johnny Mize or Roger Hornsby. So I got brave and asked Rain Bolt for a curveball. He went to the windup and delivered. Oh, hey, now. hey now, hey now. And that thud you may have heard was me getting beamed with the cork ball. Needless to say, I was sore for the next couple of days, and he didn't even hit me with a fastball. 25-year veteran of sportsman's Jim Sherliss says he was out three weeks after taking a ball to the knuckle, but that didn't stop him from playing the game he loves. Keeps me young. Keeps me having fun. I can monitor to have fun. Not the best player, but... I have fun. 36-year veteran Jim Gangloff won the batting title with a 529 average in 2021. I, I love the camaraderie. It's unbelievable. Uh, just to see guys, especially at my age, you know, uh, my sons are playing. I have twins that are playing out here now. I think the Rempros, they're three generations of, of uh, family that are out here. It's historic. It's just, it's it is. It is. It's, and once you play the game, it's uh, there's nothing like it. It's like if you ever like baseball and you can't run the bases as much, you get a lot of guys out here, it's like hitting a baseball. You feel the ball off the bat. Uh, there's nothing like it. It's a great game. Club president Gerald Brown. I've played softball, soccer all my life. Corkball's just, I never played baseball. But when you get up here, it's like it is baseball except you're not running the bases. It's hard to hit. It's a humbling sport. It's like golf, I would say. It can make you look really dumb, and you can look really good. But how do you keep this going? You know, it's we go through phases. I mean, this club right now, we're thriving. We have nine teams of seven, so it's 63 guys strong. 
Um, but there's been some years that we were six guys and six guys on a team. So we were down to 36. Uh, I still remember those. Those were like 10 years ago. So it just kind of leap, you know, goes up and down. Most of it's like people know someone, you know, so it's a friend of Jim's and a friend of mine that's a friend of his or it's a son. You know, my son is playing his first year this year. So, uh, you know, he's enjoying He's 21 now. So it just gets passed on the torch and hopefully the interest stays here. But it's a St. Louis thing forever. It's never going to die. Absolutely. It'll stay here forever. Cork ball from my batter's eye is a less commercialized and more approachable version of the game of baseball. It's a throwback to a time when you just went outside and played because the sun was out. It's everything baseball could be and more. A game. Oh, man, I should have had that bad boy. I'm Stuart McMillan, KMOX News. Oh. <laughs> T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up, and your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 